When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hi, CB. How are you doing? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Courtney. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for doing this, and thank you so much for your patience today. That's Had good. a rough start for my morning. It's your evening. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty awesome that we can do this, like, across the world. Yeah, it's magical. Yeah, Totally. So I've been following you and I I find it so fascinating that well, there's a lot of different overlaps that we have a lot of mutual interests that, um, but I find it so fascinating that we're, we are in, you're in England, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm here in, well, I live in Santa Monica, California. I'm currently in Vegas right now. So we're in totally different parts of the world. And I feel like we're experiencing some of the, uh, very similar things going on culturally, uh, politically, um, you know, in the world right now. And yeah. you've expressed some frustrations with what's going on currently. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I, I definitely resonate with. <laughs> um, so, and I think that's really interesting, right? That it has uh, permeated so far. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit of your thoughts on how, what some of the similarities you've seen are and, you know, uh, from where you are, where I am and throughout the world, throughout the West um, and uh, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it depends on, depends on what aspect we're talking about. Sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> obviously the 2020 has been totally dominated by, the whole COVID-19 coronavirus situation, that's kind of been the the talking point that you can't really speak to anybody this whole year, it seems, without that coming up in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter where in the world they are. They could be in Europe, Africa, Asia, the Americas, Australia, wherever. It's all COVID, 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 you know, just whether it's the virus itself or everything around it, because... I think not not only has that been happening, but also it's prevented so many other things from happening. So all the stuff that people would normally talk about and the things people would usually <laughs> be doing, they haven't sort of been able to do those things because there have been all these restrictions and lockdowns and limitations and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's been it's been very frustrating and tiring. Um, I don't think that uh, I don't think that a lot of the measures have have made sense. I don't think that a lot of countries have handled it very well. I think a lot of politicians have been extremely hypocritical and just very knee-jerk and reactionary and just doing things that, you know, I think a lot of stuff this year is about, um, I think a lot of it's been about making people feel good and making people feel safe more than it's about keeping people safe. I think a lot of it very quickly became very highly politicized and there have been lots of over massive governmental overreach, you know, massive limitations on people's basic civil liberties and freedoms all sold under the guise of this is something that's extremely temporary, you know, to the tune of two weeks is what they were generally talking about before. And yet here we are now in December and, uh, you know, some countries are going back into lockdown. The UK has just come out of a second lockdown, um, despite the first one not working, you know, so there's, there's so I think the definition of insanity, according to Einstein was, you know, constantly, you know, repeating the same thing over and over again expecting different results. It's been extremely myopic. You know, people have this tunnel vision around COVID. They've forgotten all the other things that people die of. They've forgotten all of the 
impacts of the lockdowns and the restrictions that these have on the economy and people's mental health and people's physical health and all these other things. And it's just been like, you know, this huge madness of crowds that I've been seeing and a lot of media and political uh, posturing and, you know, just it, it, the whole thing's been been it's been fascinating. It's been really interesting. I mean, I never used to understand the 20th century until this year. Now now I can totally understand how everything that happened in the 20th century happened, even though that's very dark. Um, that's but with all that... Yeah, go ahead. Go on, Dan, continue. Yeah, but, but with all that said, I mean, for me personally, for my business, for my career, it's been an excellent year. I've had the best business year I've ever had, despite all of that, and despite not even being able to do any live performances or public speaking or anything like that. Um, still totally crushed it this year. So for me personally, it's been like, you know, I've had it's had its ups and downs this year. But um, I think for just people on a collective level, nationally, internationally, it's it's been a testing year and i think a lot of it could have been avoided um obviously a virus is going to do what it's going to do um which is sad but the way that you know you, you want to respond to things but oh i i think we, i think we've been in a, i think there's been a big overreaction on a lot of levels and i think overreaction can be just as if not more dangerous than underreaction you know um people have been acting like it's just a binary choice between stopping the entire world from working and you know stopping every human stopping people from working and stopping people from having any basic freedoms or you know the ability to do just anything normal or even show their face in public people are acting like it's a binary split between that or like you know just letting the virus run through and kill everybody who it's going to kill and it's like no you know there's a there are other options here <laughs> absolutely absolutely you brought up a really interesting uh point how this helped you to understand the 20th century oh, and boy. i yeah. have been seeing a lot of uh parallels that's been a really fascinating uh it's i spent scary. a lot of time studying the 20th century actually so this really is very illuminating to me because people think that could never possibly happen again yeah. um so i'm really curious how has this uh, shed light on that for you look just to human psychology you know, human collective psychology, understanding the power of fear, the power of propaganda, the power of manipulation, um, social conformity, um, all of these, you know, cognitive by cognitive dissonance, um, you know, double think hypocrisy, all of the every sort of human psychological trait, both on an individual and a collective level has been fully on display all year. Right. All year, whether whether you're talking about, um, you know, laws and rules that don't make sense or people being afraid to speak out against the narrative because they don't want to be called names. They don't want to be called anti-vaxxers or conspiracy theorists or being told that they want people to die. Um, and so they, you know, just do this. A lot of people wearing masks. Most people wear masks because of social pressure rather than to rather than anything particularly scientific or medical, right? Like a lot of, if you go into a room with a hundred people who are not wearing masks, then you don't feel any compulsion to put on a mask. If there's a hundred people in a room while wearing masks and you walk in and you don't have a mask on, you naturally as a human being, as a, you know, we are still herd animals to some degree, you feel a social pressure that, oh gosh, I need to put this mask on. And, you know, maybe someone will shame me or attack me even. And, I mean, you know, we've seen videos going around of people getting, 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 you know, attacked or, chastised in airports or in supermarkets or whatever because they're they're not wearing a mask or maybe the mask isn't covering covering their nose or whatever so it's become this this sort of like very polarizing political symbol almost of where you stand you know if you don't wear a mask somehow you you uh don't care about humanity or you're anti-science or you probably think the earth is flat and you probably think that COVID is caused by 5g and all this stuff like people are just just this binary thinking and just the power of fear you know once once it's funny i said in a tweet last year that um a lot of people say that they value freedom over safety and security but that's a lie and a lot of people disagreed with me when i wrote it and this year has just been absolute evidence that i'm totally correct absolute evidence of correct. people have thrown away people asking the government for permission to leave their houses like what is that that's people asking the government for permission to celebrate thanksgiving or Christmas with their parents. People are not doing Christmas because the government told them not to. Like, what? I mean... Crazy. Did you ever yeah. think get to this point? Well, yeah, because I've studied history. <laughs> it's, it's happened before, yeah. right? So it, it's happened before that, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you can see how, you know, people look back at things and they're like, man, how did 
How did communism happen? How was Stalin able to do that? How was Mao able to do that? How did Hitler do that? How was the ho- how was the Holocaust possible? If I was there, I would have I would have you know protected the Jews. Or I, it's like you, most people wouldn't have done jack. Just like you know someone who someone who's sitting you know someone who's terrified of this virus when maybe in their age cohort it has a ninety nine point nine percent survival rate and they're you know driving around in the car with a mask on and you know virtue signaling about it's like you would not have done anything you would have just gone along with the crowd you 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 know like most people would not have done anything um especially if there's like a genuine you know and in that case the sort of power of fear would have been a lot greater right would have been a lot greater because your your life would have been much more genuinely genuinely at risk had you um you know taken the correct moral stand in these situations so and and also you know other factors like the thing whole, the whole thing of like people policing people policing one another right so if i go on social media right now and i say um oh i just went to the supermarket um but i didn't wear a mask right, right. i will get i i will get like dragged halfway across the internet for writing that right if i do it if i if i just do that action and nobody knows about it no one cares even in the supermarket nobody cares but if i were to say oh you know or hey i just had uh, some friends around for dinner people right. will be like you're you're violating the guidelines you're how many friends was it what tier are you in like all this and it's like people policing each other just like that is what happened under communism that's what happened under nazism etc the people policed each other Right, you had you had these uh, secret police, the Cheka, the Stasi, etc. Uh, and what was the one in Romania, the Securitate, um, and you know people acting as informers. You know the countries, Western countries, setting up hotlines where you can you can snitch on your neighbor. Maybe they're having a party or something. They're having a dinner party, and I can call up a number and report to the police that my neighbor is having eight people over for dinner. Like what? What is this? And this has all happened so quickly. So you know? quickly. So quickly, I was in London the other day. There's signs all around the the train station saying, you know, you must wear a mask. Six thousand four hundred pound fine, maximum penalty. I'm like, okay, so if I show my face in public, I can be fined six thousand four hundred pounds. What's that? Like nine thousand dollars for showing my face in public and breathing fresh, clean air. Right. Even 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 if I'm not near anybody. Right. You know, even if I'm not near anybody, like, you know, they're saying, you know, socially distance, wear a mask. It's like, well, if I'm socially distancing, I don't need to wear a mask. Like, y'all keep screaming science at me. And so, you know, firstly. Follow the science. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they're acting like everyone. And it's psychologically, it's so damaging, right? We've, we're being, we've been trained to, people have been trained to see every other human being as like a virus factory that's potentially going to kill them. That is awful right people not seeing each other's faces not being able to see a smile not being able to hang out with your friends with your family for months and months and months on end like i think the psychological um economic deaths from other sources all of that i think that the i think that i think the measures taken to control the virus are ultimately going i don't know how you weigh this up but i think they're going to be more destructive than the virus and i i'd argue in many places not in every country, maybe, but in many countries, I, I'd argue that's already happened. Um, and I, I think in the next decade, um, that's going to become more clear. That's what I think. I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, you know, that's one of the, <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. It's one of the things yeah, that, I, I didn't even mean to rant like that, but no, the, no, no. It was, I, it was so tiring. Like, you know, I, it was very well said. Thank you. Very well said. Very articulate. Um, one of the things that President Trump kept saying is, you know, we can't have the the cure be worse than you know the virus like yes and i think that is something people really need to take very seriously yeah um, it's a bit late for that now but what? um yeah, i said it's a bit late but i can at least say it's i've been consi- I've, i know yeah i can at least take comfort in the fact i've been consistent since february or march on this i i have too and you 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 brought up you know people calling people conspiracy theorists i you know i went on lots of rants back in february march <laughs> You know, people called me absolutely crazy. Oh, yeah. I'm a conspiracy theorist. And, and I said, well, that's a really great way to shut down a conversation. Exactly. Exactly. It's people p- trying to police each other. You know, that people think that they can just call you a conspiracy theorist or an anti-vaxxer or anti-science. And that's just supposed to shut you up. Yep. Right. You just know, like or, people. Who, or, or racist. That, that, that's yeah. That was, yeah. I was going to say, just like people have been using it. Oh, you're racist. You're homophobic. You're transphobic. You're, you're sexist. You're a misogynist. Whatever. Like with no with no grounding right people just use these terms often nowadays to try to shut down a, conver- a conversation or to shut down a debate or to 
you know, and it's such a dishonest tactic. And, you know, and, and the, the sad thing is it works on a lot of people. You know, fortunately, I'm not someone who cares that much about as much as I like being liked and, you know, as popular as I'm becoming, I don't really care that much about social approval. Like, that's just how I'm wired. Like, I don't particularly care if people think like, you know, I don't care about going along with the herd. I don't go along with the herd if I think they're running off a cliff. Right. right. Even if they come on, run off this cliff with it, run off this cliff with it. I'm like, no, I'm not. No. It's really interesting because in the, uh, you know, I actually spent a lot of time kind of in recent years, I was much more silent about my views because mm -hmm. out of, you know, a desire to be liked out of a fear of being canceled. And, mm -hmm. um, and when the lockdown started and I saw what was really going down and I saw people policing each other and yep. For me, what it was is that I felt part of the reason that we're seeing this uh, pervasive, uh, you know, draconian measures is because people like me didn't speak up. Yep. It wasn't be just because of the cancel culture mm -hmm. or because of the silencing of opinions and speech. It was because the good people didn't do anything to stop it. And that's I the story of history, isn't it? Yes. And that's, so that's the story of history right there. You know, the, the, it just takes, you know, good people to stay silent, right? Absolutely. And so I felt the need to, I, be, out of a matter of integrity, personal integrity, to start to speak up because mm -hmm. I didn't, regardless if anybody, you know, cared or heard or agreed, because yeah. it felt that for my own authenticity and my own integrity, I couldn't just continue to be silent if I, you know, it would be hypocritical. And one of the things was that people started to call me all these names. And in the beginning, you know, you know I, I'm human. My feelings were hurt. People I thought were my real friends were calling mm -hmm. me terrible things. And yes. I got to the point where I said, you know what? I really don't care because then you don't know me. I know who I am as a person. I mm -hmm. know what my values are. And that's enough for me. And if you're going to call me these names just to shut down the conversation, you're not really interested in having an actual conversation. A, a lot of people are not. A lot of people are not, you know. Um, and, and yeah, you know, that, that's, that's, how, that's how they get you. That's how these things happen, right? Like once people, look, with, with almost any major issue, there's like a, there's a safe position to have. Right. Right. With almost every issue. And I, look, I'm, I'm, and I'm not even talking about stuff that's like where we should all have the opi same opinion. Right. Like there's certain <laughs> things where like, OK, obviously we should all agree that, you know, like, you know, we, nobody should murder, rape or steal people. Like, you know, like. One would hope. Know, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, you're not going to be super edgy by coming out in favor of murder or anything. Right. But like when it comes to a lot of issues where there's a lot of gray area or where there really are different sides with virtually all of them, there's a. There's the position, there's a mainstream position that people consider makes them a good person, right? And we've very much seen that. So, so when it comes to, you know, you know, uh, this whole coronavirus situation, like if you're not terrified of it, if you're not like at least like very scared and concerned, you're like supposed to be a bad person, like you're, you're a bad person, especially if, especially if you don't support mask mandates or you don't support um, you know, even now, you know, the so-called conspiracy theorists have been saying a long time that they're going to push for mandatory vaccinations and were dismissed. And now literally those conversations are, are happening. Right? right. And the good, the good person position is the person who wears their mask. Maybe they even wear it in their social media profile photo and every picture they take, they're wearing their mask and they're, you know, talking about, they're talking about how scared they are and they're, they're, oh, they're peddling the fear narrative. Right. And that's the safe position on virtually every issue. There's a safe mainstream position that, you know, if you want to know what these safe positions are, just listen to like any any Hollywood actor's position on anything. Like they'll always give, you know, they're never going to give the controversial opinion. And if they do, then they'll get dragged halfway across the earth for it. Um, you know, there's always just the safe opinion and, and the other ones get silenced. And those positions can be half the population or even more. Right. So, you know, the safe position is to say, OK, uh, you know, even even this year, like I'm not in America, but the safe position is to say that, you know, you oppose Donald Trump, right? That's the safe position, right? Of course, if you're a good person, you oppose Donald Trump. It's the same in the UK. People in the UK, you know, every, most people are anti-Trump or whatever, or at least they think they are because they think it makes them a good person. They're like, oh, well, you know, the media told me that orange man bad. So orange man bad. I hope Joe Biden wins. You know, they don't know anything about Biden. They don't know anything about Kamala Harris. They don't, you know, they're just, they've just adopted the safe position. 
because some coming out outright, especially if you're a public figure, right? if you're a celebrity and you come out and you say, I'm a Republican, I'm voting for Trump. <sighs> Danger, right? Dangerous. That's why people don't do it. You know, that's why he always, you know, there's always the under poll, you know, there's from 2016 to this most recent election, you know, like you'd think if you just watch mainstream media and you just follow mainstream people, you'd think that there is no way on earth that Trump could like even compete because, mm-hmm. you know, there's that thing of, well, well, it looks like everyone is voting for Democrat. Everyone's voting for Biden. But there's all these Trump's million, dozens of millions of them all over the country, all over the world. And who agree with that? But they're just like, oh, but it's too, uh, you know, I was in the States last year for three months and I saw one MAGA hat the whole time I was there. And I was like, yo, where, why aren't you guys? And why isn't anyone wearing them in real life? And everyone's like, oh, I don't want to be attacked. I don't want to be attacked. I can't be, you know, I wore one once and someone pulled, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, exactly. And you're just like, oh, okay, that's interesting, right? But, you know, you could wear a Bernie Sanders T-shirt. You could wear, a, a, you know, Hillary Clinton merchandise, whatever that is or whatever. So it's just interesting how on every single issue from this virus to political stuff to, you know, social issues, whatever, there's just always the, you know, there's always a safe mainstream narrative and position and, um, you know, and oftentimes the people who, who adopt it are the ones who think that they're sort of some kind of like radical or fighting the system or whatever. And it's like, look, if every corporation, every celebrity, every tech giant, every uh, mainstream, most mainstream news channels, whatever, if they all agree with you, then you are not the resistance. Like You're, you're not the resistance not, at you're all. Not the resistance, you are not no. an original thinker. <laughs> you're no. And if those are if those are your views and you've genuinely thought about them, then that's fine. But if you just adopted them, because don't think you know that you're being so uh, counterculture, no, 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 <laughs> you're, you're not literally doubting the mainstream narrative. Exactly, exactly. And if, like I said, if you've studied it and that's those are your positions, you've reached independently, hundred percent fine. But if it's just because um, you know you, you're afraid to voice your real opinion or you think that um, voicing your real opinion people would call you names or whatever, then you're just being a coward. That's all it is. And, and I always say, I they do dangle the, this these Holly the Hollywood elites and you know mm. the political figures they dangle this carrot of unearned moral superiority. Oh yes, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I've been the bad guy all year by not like saying that. You know, <laughs> I, look, and, and 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 I'm not even in the camp of like, oh, you know, COVID is nothing at all. Like I I know, like I have three people in my family who work. Who there's three doctors in my family. Right. So my, my dad, my brother, my brother's wife, like they've all seen, you know, people die of COVID. Like they've been dealing with this thing. They've been seeing it and dealing it with the first hand all year. So I'm not speaking from some position of like, oh, you know, I know of not personally all know, but I know of four people who have died from COVID. Right. Or at least with COVID. Let me be more precise because I, I don't know which one it is. But so I'm not even in this camp of like, oh, you know, this thing is like, you I know, it's nothing. Distinction it's, though of dying. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But there's a balance between like recognizing that and also being able to maintain the position like I don't think the government should be forcing vaccines into people. I don't think the government should be forcing people to wear masks in situations where it absolutely doesn't make sense. I don't think that these rules make sense. I think that we're massively overreacting. I think that we're forgetting the wider picture. I think the devastation being done to the economy is going to potentially kill more people than the virus is killing. I think that what's happening with children who are going to schools and doing this and doing that, I think all of these things are massive problems which are not being addressed in an effective manner. So like two things can be true at once right? COVID can be something that's potentially dangerous to, especially to certain segments of the population. That can be true. And it can also be true that we've massively overreacted and that lots of these government policies don't make sense and are ineffective and could actually be more harmful. Like those two things can be true. It's not, it's not one (laughs) or the other, right? And and yeah, people just have this like really binary way of looking at it. And if you say like, you know, if you even tell people the survivability, right? You say, you know, it's like a for a lot of populations, it's literally over 99.9%. I think if you're under 40, it's literally over 99.9%. And if you tell people that, they get angry. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you, like, that's a good thing. It's we good that children. You're happy about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's good that children and teenagers and young adults are not dropping dropping dead in the street, um, well, like has happened in the past. With celebrate, right? <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd think that would be a good thing. But they're like, no, they want their narrative. They want the doomsday narrative. They want, like... You know, they want to focus on the deaths. They want to focus on the cases. They want to focus. And we've never done this before for anything else. No. Anything else. Like, imagine if we clocked, like, you know, 
disease, deaths from heart disease or flu or pneumonia or traffic accidents or anything like on the same thing with this running tally. And we're like, okay, this today, this many people caught the flu. This many people died of the flu. Like we'd all just be sitting in our houses, like rocking, like terrified all the time because, you know, we've been surrounded by viruses our whole lives. We've been surrounded by danger our whole lives. Like every time you do anything, every time they you leave the house. during the Hong Kong flu. Yeah, you know, there's always been these risks. Distancing or wearing masks, <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> yeah, there have always been these risks, you know, and it's like we we every single day as adults we make risk assessments, right? right? We make risk assessments, and we we you know even even on a very personal level, right? If you don't know how to swim, you know, you probably shouldn't go surfing. You know, like you don't need a law telling you you can't surf if you can't swim. Like you, you, like human beings are intelligent. Like well, I say, human beings are intelligent. I'm, maybe, but yeah, we we generally don't need laws to like to check our own survival. Like right. most of us, most of us are not trying to die. Like we're, we're not going out there like. But one would hope, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty rare. Like, you know, for someone to be like, we care about self-preservation. Yeah. So when it comes to something to do with self-preservation, you don't generally need like super draconian laws saying like, you can't leave your house because it's dangerous outside, which is literally what's, what's happening, right? You can't go outside because it's dangerous. Right. Even 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 if you live in like some crazy city where there's like gang violence and there's like shootouts and like all the, you're, you can still leave your house. <laughs> the government okay. doesn't say you can't. Like the government doesn't say, oh, you can't leave your house. It's like, no, you can leave. Like, but, but you're, you're taking a risk. You know, you're taking a risk going in certain areas or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I'm rambling again. No, you're, you're not at all. Like, <laughs> you're absolutely not. People need to hear this because I, I think people have really. Uh, you know, uh, was it Ben Franklin who said that, you know, if you are willing to sacrifice your uh, your liberties for safety, then you deserve, you don't deserve your liberties. I, I butchered the quote. It was uh, for safety. Yeah, but that, I know what you mean. Yeah, people who, those who are willing to sacrifice freedom for safety uh, deserve neither or something, something along right. those lines. I, I'm yeah. going to go have to look up that, that quote. Yeah, something along those lines, it, yeah. But, uh, you know, but that's, I think that's absolutely true. And that's really what we're seeing is that people are sacrificing their freedom oh, for yeah. this, you know, for, and it's not even for safety. It's for this mirage of safety. That's yes, really what it exactly, is. Exactly. It's, it's about making people and it's about the, and with the government policies and stuff, a lot of it is just about doing something, right? Like they, everyone feels like you have to do something, right? Like sometimes doing nothing is the right answer. There are situations where like, actually do do nothing is the right move right i'm not saying in this like totally literally do nothing and let the virus run through right but <laughs> not not like doing this knee-jerk thing like every time cases rise past a certain number and obviously the more tests you do the more cases you get like all of these things and just like okay we're just gonna we're gonna close the we're gonna close the restaurants again you're like what yeah we're, we're closing the gyms it's like that's a stupid knee-jerk reactionary response and and, and, it's, well, and it's, you're not last time why are we yeah. doing that again? Yeah, this this is what I mean. If it worked the first time, think about that. Yeah. If it worked the first time, you won't need a second one. If it doesn't work the first time, why are you doing it a second time? Right? Like, pretty basic, logical thinking. Um, but I don't know. Like, I'm just amazed that for for this long, I'm just amazed that we're ten months, like, we're a year into this, and it's still like. I mean, you know, remember, you know, 15 days to slow the spread, flatten the curve, all that good stuff, you know, yeah, just two weeks, yeah. two weeks, you know, look, pe most people are cool to, you know, for the greater good. Like if, if the messaging makes sense, most people are okay to, you know, okay, I don't like this, but I'm happy to take like super precautions for two weeks, make sure the hospitals don't get overwhelmed, make sure you guys get your PPE, make sure you get enough analytics. That's how we were sold this thing. Like people yeah. cannot forget. That's how we were sold it. We were sold at two weeks. Okay, cool. That makes sense. I understand the logic makes sense. Now, you know, they're trying to restrict gatherings for Christmas. They're trying to restrict. I'm, I'm like, look, guys, I mean, I'm, I've been libertarian for year, more libertarian leaning for years. But I'm like, look, if if this year has not made somebody more libertarian, then they might actually just be stupid. Like, uh, I, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know how after this year, someone's idea is we need more governmental interference and control and power. Like, I, I don't if that's your solution after this, then, you know, Lord help you. You, I, I, I kind of. <laughs> if you think that's the answer, then I, I don't I, know I what to do now. We've seen 
seen throughout history, the way that most problems are solved is through free thinking people. It's yeah. not through the government uh, sanctions. It's not through limiting uh, freedom of speech. It's not through limiting freedom of action. It's mm-hmm. it's by free uh, critical thinking individuals uh, having the ability to be creative and to you know for ingenuity to occur. Yeah. And have you seen any trends in people moving more towards that direction? Not necessarily the governments. But oh, gosh, individuals no. like um, up and saying, wait, maybe I do need to have my own thought processes and maybe, you know, adjudicate risks for myself. Um, I don't know, like maybe a little. Um, I feel like the people who are already there are, 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 are like feel very sort of validated and are like, see, I told you. all <laughs> um, But those who weren't, you know, maybe I'm sure some people have been red pilled by it all. But um you know, a lot of people, a lot of people aren't like cognitive dissonance is an incredible thing. Like once someone has a, and this, look, this goes for everything. Like nobody is immune to this, right? Once you have a strong belief in something or you are sold on a particular narrative, it is extremely difficult and painful to, you know, get, get out of it. Um, for, for, for a whole bunch of reasons, you know, and the longer you've had that belief, the harder it is to get out of it. Um, you know, and, that people don't want uh, to learn the truth because they don't want. No, to no, no. And look, I mean, the human the human brain is a fascinating thing. Like, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much people care about the truth. I'm, I think more people care about like feeling good and appearing good than they care about the truth. Um, to be honest with you, I think the majority of people care more about feeling good and looking good than they care about doing good or they care about what's actually factually correct. Um, and like I said, a lot of people's beliefs and this goes, this goes for, you know, a lot of people's beliefs and no, again, no one is immune to this. A lot of what people believe is based on what they think will make them appear a good person. You know, that, 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 that's just what it is. Um, or just taking the social cues, you know, yeah. Or just outsourcing the thinking, right? Just the assumption. Okay. Well, most people believe that. So they've probably already done the work and I don't really need to think about that. I will just adopt the popular opinion. And then the popular opinion might change and that same person just, you know, flip flops and they're like, okay, this is now the popular opinion. I'm adopting that. And that's just kind of how it's just kind of how human beings are. Um, And like I said, it's it's been, it's certainly been fascinating. Um, It's been frustrating in many ways as well, (laughs) but um, yeah, I I don't know. It's uh, I know, I know who I'd go to war with and I know who to socially distance from in the future. (laughs) lesson for you yeah you said that business has been great for you in this year oh i've killed it this year that's awesome congratulations thank you can you tell me a little bit about like how and why yeah well i mean so i'm i i I, you know initially i was primarily known as a musician for sure so i haven't been able to do any live performances or gigs or anything like that but um i'm also an author my my fitness book have sold has sold very very well this year strong advice zuby's guide to fitness for everybody that's been selling well um my podcast has been uh progressing and doing well i i do coaching i've i onboarded 12 new clients last week um Uh so yeah so i've got you know business is Business is actually booming for me. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of opportunities. I've, I've recently written my new album. I'm going to be recording that in January. So Yay! next year, I've got new music, lots of new coaching clients, lot, you know, new podcasts. So yeah, so for me, like it's been, you know, and and I I can work online anyway. Like I, I've been making online since bef- money online before all this. I'm not someone who was right. going into an office to make their money, or you know, I've been self-employed for the past nine years. So I've already been, I was already well positioned for all this stuff sure. um and you, you know to be honest like i i'm, I'm kind of like at the stage where you know i kind of feel bad for people who who are not like i said beyond the people who are like directly impacted by the virus itself yeah. you know my heart goes out to people who have brick and mortar businesses and haven't been able to open the doors or who run restaurant you know who run restaurants who run gyms who run barber shops and hair salons and all that stuff where you know, the government's just like, no, you can't run your business. And I don't know, I think what, over 100,000 businesses in the USA are permanently shut, I believe. You know, dozens of millions of people unemployed, like all that. And the UK is going to have some of that pain. We just, we've just managed to, to delay it over here because the government's been, you know, floating people magic money. But, um, you know, it's all going to come to a head. It's all going to come to a head in the next couple of years. And I do think that 
if people have any sense, they will look back on this and be like, whoa, we, uh, you know, we, we sort of walked a bit blind into that one and let our emotions take over our sort of mental and logical and rational faculties on a collective level. Cause I feel like that's been going on. I feel like that's been going on a lot. And a lot of bad actors have been using this as an you know, opportunity to seize power and kind of do what they want and talking to you mayors and governors and presidents and politicians and et cetera, who, who flout their own, you know, who tell us one thing and then go flout their own rules, you know, media pundits too, everybody, anyone who's doing that. Yeah. The hypocrisy is rampant. But, oh, and that should be, I, if nothing else, that should be eye-opening for people. It yes. should be maddening for people as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if, yeah, if you're really being sold in this line of fear, then why is it okay for, it's not okay for one group of people, but it's okay for others. And mm-hmm. that, that just doesn't make any sense at all. And it's really- Well, well it, it, it makes perfect sense politically, <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfectly it's perfect I'm sense if you know how. About how I yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll be un PC for you. Like you know, some anim- all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. You know, George Orwell. Exactly. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like that's what it is. They're, they're just showing it. It's just in our faces. It's just like okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I would to be respectful of your time. I don't know that I want to dive down this rabbit hole, but if yeah, yeah. you're willing to come back on again, I'd love to discuss your book because. You know, uh, I think there's a lot of uh, people. So a lot of my podcasts that, that I've done, you know, who are on all different kinds of topics, but, mm-hmm. but people think it's really strange that I cover like, and sometimes in the same discussion, health and fitness and politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how are these two intertwined? But I actually think that uh, there's a huge overlap. Certainly with the COVID, we see even more overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, even just in terms of culturally, and mindset, there's a lot of overlap. Um, and uh, maybe without going, you know, we, we can, if you're willing to, we could do a whole nother discussion on your book alone. But mm-hmm. uh, if you would want to touch a little bit on that, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, sure. So what's that, the, the link between sort of health and yeah, health and politics? And like, and culture and politics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, um, you know, as Andrew Breitbart said, you know, culture, politics is downstream from culture, which is, which is very true, I think. Um, it's very true. Um, I think I have a line somewhat re- reflecting that in on, on my next album. Um, so, like, I consider myself much more like a socio, social, cultural commentator than I consider myself like a, a political commentator. Sure. Like I'm, I'm not that interested in all the deep nitty gritty of politics, but I'm very interested in human psychology and society and culture and yeah. religion and morality and how these things sort of shape the world and the way we interact with each other and everything like that. So, you know, I think there, there are, there are always certain patterns. Um, you know, everybody's an individual for sure, but you you can see patterns between how people think on one thing and how that, how probable they are to think on another thing so take an example right like someone who if someone tells me they don't support if someone tells me they do they wear a mask everywhere and they support the mask mandate or someone tells me that they only wear a mask when absolutely necessary and they oppose a mask and they strongly oppose a mask mandate i can with some confidence predict quite a lot of their other views right (laughs) on a lot of other issues right and You know, maybe that should be possible. Maybe it shouldn't be possible, but it's just a, it's just a reality, right? People sort of align along different lines. So if you know someone's view on one thing, oftentimes you can predict a lot of other stuff. And, you know, there's some elements of that that are sort of like, you know, herd thinking or group think, but some of it is also, you know, cause it gives you an idea of the person's values and their sort of moral framework and even their personality type. Right. And right. if you if someone's familiar with personality models, then you know that you can actually quite accurately predict political views just by knowing someone's personality type. Nope. Yeah. yeah. So all of these. Yeah. So all of these things play together, you know, or, you know, someone's approach to health and fitness. Right. Someone's approach to health and fitness can also give you some predictors. Again, not not 100 percent accurate, but it can give you some predictors of their approach to the rest of this thing. Right. I mean, I'd imagine that someone who. Uh, certainly in my observation, I think that if you 
go to the gym and you do strength training and you lift weights and you do any type of bodybuilding power, like you are um, less likely to be terrified of all this stuff. You are less likely to support massive lockdowns. You are less likely to support mask mandates, etc. Um, if you're someone who doesn't lift, <laughs> then you're more likely to, right? Like it's and and it's 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 actually like that. You know, it's actually like that. I'm not seeing a lot of you know like buff people who are like super pro lockdowns and mask mandates or whatever. You know, and of course there will be exceptions. But that sort of idea of, you know, personal sovereignty and personal responsibility and working hard for yourself and, you know, looking out for yourself and not being in, not expecting the government to take care of you and all the these these things, you know, they, they align together for some degree. So for a lot of that, I think, um, you know, there are people who sort of assume personal responsibility and there are a lot of people who outsource responsibility. Yeah. And if you're someone who's in the latter category, you're much more open to the idea of governmental interference and control. And maybe you even think it's a good thing and a necessary thing. Whereas you're someone who's a lot more like, you know, individual, you know, individual liberty and, um, you know, personal responsibility and all that. If that's your mantra, then you're more likely to sort of oppose any higher power trying to, um, interfere with that or to make mandates or res put restrictions on your own freedom and liberty and personal choice um so on and so forth um so so it tends to line up you know whether whether you're talking guns or you're talking speech or you're talking masks or you're talking like all these things like there you know people align generally along certain lines and it's it's quite fascinating to see it's also fascinating that's quite a 50 50 thing although of course there's like you know bunch of people like in the middle of course there's extremes right? right but it's quite interesting that overall the split is probably somewhere around 50 50 on on that level um yeah so why why do you think that is i i've noticed that as well i think that, that it does mm. seem to be pretty 50 50 uh, and yeah I, yeah what are your thoughts on that, that that's a, that's a that's a great question i mean i think that i mean i mean it's kind of like if you look in any you know in any country most countries, um, even if you're looking at the sort of like, most countries will have like two big political parties even, right? Mm -hmm. And you typically get somewhere hovering around like 50% of the population on one side and 50% on the other. You know, this time it might go 52, 48. That time it might go, you know, 51, 49, whatever. Right. But I think, um, you know, to be honest, I think on a, I think it depends on what level you look at it. Um, I think, I think on some degree it's because we've just got such a you know such a diverse range of um types of people you know in the in terms of ideology in terms of ideas in terms of personality and even if someone is like just 51 percent that way it sort of puts them on that side and if someone's 49 percent that way it sort of puts them on that side with the same person who might be like you know 80 that way or 80 the other way or whatever so i think it's sort of it naturally finds that there's that median and any, of course, anytime you have a median, you're going to have like 50% of people on one side and 50% of people on the other. Even if it's just like, even if most people are, you know, just slightly that way, you know, slightly that way, even politically, like, you know, most people are not far right or far left, sure. right? Politically, most people are uh, somewhere in the middle, maybe a slight right lean, maybe mm -hmm. a slight left lean. <laughs> um, you know, some people are more solid. But like generally, you know, it's a bell curve, right? It's a bell curve and you're always going to have the median in the middle and, you know, that's the average height. 50% of people are taller, 50% of people are shorter. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just like, I think it's just a sort of natural phenomenon. Um, and then I think like when it comes to parties or things like that, then they sort of align themselves to, you know, the Democratic Party in the USA aligns themselves to appeal to that 50%. The Republican Party generally aligns itself to, you know, appeal to that 50%. Sometimes you can like reach over and pull, nudge a couple people over, right? Um, and that's how you win. But that's just, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's why it is. It's an interesting question. I've never really like thought of it in that much depth, but that would be my uh, somewhat intelligent answer, I think, on the first <laughs> no, try. No, it was great. And I, I think there's a lot of truth in it. I, I think there, I, I think when you're talking about uh, people's personalities and people being, uh, you know, either wanting to outsource uh their their rights or take mm. personal responsibility and own their freedom 
um, and value their freedom. I think that's really what it comes down to. It's about values. And, you know, they're the people who they're willing to, you know, sacrifice their safety and, you know, take more risks. Um, And they know that while they're taking that, that risk that the the Mm. price they're paying, but they, they value the freedom more. Exactly. And so therefore they tend to lean that side. That's a personality Mm -hmm. trait. And then there are other people who are like, I don't really care about freedom as much and, you know, not their primary value. No, no, no. They want to be safe. Somebody else dictate uh, what, you know, what they can and can't do. Exactly. uh, You know, and they're, they're sacrificing their freedom for it. And that creates a natural clash because people who don't want to be bothered don't want people bothering them. Right. So there's always, that's really, you know, it's like, like a lot of my political philosophy, a lot of my political philosophy is leave me alone. Like a lot of it is leave me alone, right? It's not, right. it's not, I want this from you and I want that from you and I demand this and I demand that. It's, it's, it's generally you. like, it's just, you know, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, it's generally like, like, leave me alone. You know, like that's what most of it boils down to, you know, don't hurt anyone. Don't take anyone's stuff. Don't kill anybody. And then, you know, beyond that, live your life and try to be successful and, you know, give back and help other people and be charitable. But you know, as soon as someone wants to use the government to start like demanding massive things of me or forcing me to behave in a certain way, then most most people don't most people don't really like that. <laughs> most most people don't really like that. Funnily enough, that causes a bit of trouble, a little bit of pushback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this year there hasn't been much pushback, but that's the power of fear. Like I was saying, that that's where you can override it is with fear. Yeah. So I'm curious. You said you've always been kind of a more libertarian. Was there? a moment for you where that shifted or has that just been kind of always? Yeah, no, you know, there's a lot of people who have that sort of story of like, you know, I used to, I used to be a lefty liberal and then I became like a, you know, conservative or more libertarian. I've always been, I I haven't always, I mean, as a child, as a child or a teenager, I certainly wasn't particularly political, but Mm -hmm. if you had put, if you had polled me, I probably would have been like still like relatively conservative leaning. I right. think I'm just like right leaning, like by nature. Right, um, it right. makes more it makes more sense to me, right? <laughs> it just it just makes more sense to me, you know. Like even I mean, as a child, like even as a kid, I remember uh, I remember learning about taxes, and I was like, I remember in school learning about like progressive tax rates, and I was like, that's not fair. And people were like, a lot of people, a lot of people were like, oh, that's not fair, as in like you know they should take more from the rich people, and I'm like, no, that's not fair. Like it should be the same rate for everybody. If you're taking like 60% from that person and then like 10% from that person, I'm like, that's not fair. Like those are different rules for different people, right? So even the meaning of the word fair means different things to different people, right? To me, it's not greedy to want to keep your money, like, but it's greedy to want to take someone else's money. It would be greedy of me to demand that you pay, like that I like take or like we distribute your wealth. That's greedy. It's not greedy that it's not greedy that you or I want to keep the what we what we have worked hard for that's not me being greedy right or if i'm going to give it away like i want to be the one who gives it away like don't just come and seize it from me and threaten and take it from me and then like go build bombs with it or whatever like i don't know what you're going to do um i'd I'd rather i'd rather like be make my own donations and support the causes that i support and whatever um so yeah and and i've thought i've always thought that even though like i never thought deeply about politics uh when i was younger um, but I've always been like that. I've always been very pro like personal responsibility and don't expect handouts. Don't be entitled. Don't, you know, that's probably some of the way I was raised as well. Um, and yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be straight up. Like I just think being, I think, you know, conservatism makes more sense. Like I think it takes, I think it takes more double think to be like, I don't know, <laughs> on the, on the other side of the aisle, like there, there's too much, there's too much like stuff there that it doesn't like i can understand it as someone who's an understanding person but especially in the especially in this day and age less so like i don't know if you went back like 15 years ago where it was things were a bit less like crazy right right like now stuff is kind of going crazy and it's like you know people are saying they're pro-science whilst they're also saying that you know biological men and women are like the same but they're also different but like let's imagine no it, it just doesn't make sense you know like there there's too many things there that, that, that are just like wait what that doesn't you're like wait, that doesn't make sense and you be pro-science but you're telling me that yeah so joe, joe biden today put out a tweet talking about how joe biden put out a tweet talking about how you know he's pro-science and science will say it before he's also wants to make it you know okay for 
biological males to compete with biological females in sport or to enter their prisons. Right, as if like these things are just interchangeable, and you're like, well, that is not scientific, dude. Like, social construct. But wait, I thought it was no. science. Like, yeah, like they're like an X chromosome, Y chromosome. It, yeah, it's 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 madness, you know. They they do it with, and and it's, it happens with a lot of issues, you know. And I'm just like, you, that doesn't make sense. Like, it's not coherent, right? It's 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 just not coherent to me. So, um, yeah. So but my I favorite <laughs> on like the 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 follow the science are. Uh, argument is that uh and and i'm blanking on his name right now i i need to find it but there was uh one of these you know uh climate change uh advocates and uh, okay. he had been uh commissioned you know in a peer he, he was granted a peer review article mm-hmm. and uh you know they, they're all cheering and he literally wrote his mother's chocolate recipe chocolate cake recipe in this article Oh, like, you know, yay, you know, like, oh, okay. and he's like, yeah, did you, did you read my article, my peer review article? And uh, they're like, yes, yes, we read it, you know, and they're, they're cheering. And he's like, how, how was my mom's chocolate cake? Did you like yeah. that recipe? Is it good? That's so funny. That's so funny. Right? But, but, you know, that, that's the, it's the, it's the whole appeal to authority thing, right? It's just like, you know, you say the magic word science and suddenly everything you say is supposed to makes sense just because you you know you just said science and it's like and uh you know his his, uh colleagues did a whole uh oh yeah yeah (laughs) peter bogosian helen fleckers yeah 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 i I know i know all of them i know all of them those were hilarious yeah 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 those were funny following the science got it okay yeah you know and, and any true scientist knows that you know there's no such thing as just the science it's like you know there's a scientific method Science, right. science is a way of like investigating and knowing and proving itself wrong. And so when someone just says, believe the science as if it's like a, you know, it's a very religious statement, it's very like a secular religion. And then it becomes scientism rather than actual, actual science, science, which is what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that is fascinating. Yeah. And, and scary and quite scary, yeah. I think. Yeah. Like, look, 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 look after yourself, look after your loved ones. Like, you know, that's the, <laughs> You uh, you can't save everybody. You can't save everybody. I do my best, but you just can't. So I, I I'm gonna we'll, we'll, for respect for your time, we're gonna wrap this up. But I have two more questions for you. Okay. Uh, one being, where do you think we are headed? We'll start with that. I guess uh, culturally, uh, you know, geopolitically. Yeah. Where do you think we're headed? That's a good question. Um. Look, for the past several decades, like I think it's important to have gratitude and perspective. And we, we clearly live in the, by most measures, the safest, most prosperous, and most fair and equal time in history. And some of the most fair, equal, prosperous countries in the entire world. This is, this is factually verifiable. Um, and I think that that will generally continue in that trend. Um, however... I have concerns on a moral and spiritual level that we are backsliding, right? So not in terms of the things that you can necessarily easily like measure and just sort of run stats for and compare 1970 to 2020 or compare 2020 to 2030. Um, Some of those things I I think are going in the wrong direction culturally, Um, you know, to, to give it to give a simple example, right? You know, political polarization is increasing, right? Political hostility is increasing. Um, I would say that, you know, racism and, you know, all these isms, like actual racism, I think had been decreasing my entire lifetime. And I think it's probably had a little spike this year, right? And I think that that's largely due to the so-called anti-racist people. It's like the people who are doing too much, right? Right. So, you know, prior to you know, throughout my whole life, like, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful I'm in the UK where race is less of a thing than it is in the, in the US. Like people in the, in the US, people are weird about the whole race thing. Like it's too much. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> really like in the UK, people are just more chilled about it. It's, it's just less of a thing. People don't that, say that's like, interesting. Yeah. yeah, the US is obsessed with race. It's too much. Um, you know, people call themselves white Americans and black Americans and Asian Americans and people in Britain just call themselves British. That's it. Like there's no, I'm not black British. Like no one says that. So um, are you insinuating that perhaps all of this uh, anti-race uh, yes. theory that we are teaching in the States is not yeah. having quite the effect 
No. On no, I, th I generally think that... He's making magnifying racism is what you're suggesting. I generally think that obsessing over people's skin color and sort of like categorizing them and even putting them into sort of like hierarchies based on them is a bad idea. Just I have a hunch. It's just, it doesn't matter which way it runs. I think it's a bad idea. I, I just don't think we should do that. I don't think, um, you know, telling people they're privileged or oppressed simply because of dint of their um, it's insulting. You know, ancestry it's actually, is a, is a, is a good wrong, idea. and I think it's insulting and it's damaging and I think yeah, it, I agree. it and I think it propagates exactly the narr narrative that they're trying to argue against it does absolutely it does and I think it's intentional like I don't think these people have good intentions like I uh I, I simply don't a lot of the active like a lot of the you know the people at the top of it anyway you know the people who are making making a killing you know people become you can become a millionaire off being an, an anti-racist by you know so i don't think those people you know i think those people want the you know if racism if racism actually completely goes away then so do their jobs so they have right. to yeah you know they, they have to create the that, that's why they keep changing the definitions too right like i've never heard in any year in my life i've never heard more people talking about white supremacy and i'm a bit like what are you even talking about like White supremacy, white supremacy used to mean like, you know, the KKK neo-Nazis, like we, we are the superior race. We want to exterminate or exile or whatever, like anyone who is not like, that's what white supremacy used to mean. Right. Now people, now people just throw it around like ketchup and they just say <laughs> white supremacy, right? White supremacy. I'm like, what are you even talking about? Like, what do you, what white supremacy? I don't live in a flipping white super. There are no white supremacy. There's like 10 of them. And they're like, no one cares who they are. They have no influence. There used to be white supremacists in flipping Congress, right? There used to be white supremacist governors in America. There used to be like actual, you know, segregation and, you know, right. mistreating people. Like, those were all real things. The KKK was a real thing. It had millions of members. People were, black people were not safe. So when people would talk about like white supremacy in 20, I'm like, what are you even talking about? Like, that's, that's pretty much dead. Like, yeah. and anyone, and anyone who really holds those beliefs is not taking seriously and is absolutely not led near. Does not have a voice. I mean, no, both. no, yeah. no. So with stuff like that, it's like you know they just keep shifting the goalposts and changing definitions and doing. I'm just like, I think I think we all just need to stop paying attention to stupid people. I think I think in this age of social media, everyone has a platform, which is beautiful, but it's also terrible. And I think that <laughs> too many people are taking people with stupid ideas seriously, right? Whether this idea is that like. I can just tomorrow say that I'm a woman and I'm magically a woman and I've always been one. That's a stupid idea. It makes no sense. So it's my, not scientific. My thing is that I really identify as a billionaire. And so, yeah. you know, when I rob a bank, it's okay because, you know, I just need to make my bank account I match up with my identity. Yeah. So you really can't fault me for that. Yeah. As, and then you can identify as innocent. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I think this, that. This, this is, I'm going to go with this. You know, I just, that's, that's my identity. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there's just, there's just ideas that, you know, are just so laughably absurd, but we've decided that, you know, every single idea has to be like, I kind of like entered. Too. I might identify with them too. What's that? Even though I said, I kind of like unicorns too. I might identify yeah. with them, even though that's, they don't exist. That, that's just a minor detail. Oh, that's okay. That's being two spirit, right? That's what it's called. Unicorn kin. Um, you know, and I don't know, people are just people. I think people need some, you'd think with this pandemic, people would have some like real problems or something, but, um, apparently, apparently not. I think, you know, the modern West is too, still too comfortable, but, um, <laughs> like, I don't know. That is actually a really good point because I think part of the reason we are in that you, you brought up this, this, uh, you know, it's factually statistically provable that we are as a world not yes. you know just individual nations but even third world nations yeah. we are more prosperous we are in much better living conditions than in previous years and and previous generations yeah. and yet we it is because we are so luxurious that we are complaining about things that are literally absurd and that yeah, we're making, making up problems this victimhood out of because they don't have real problems to contend with and that's not to yeah. say that real problems don't exist and that doesn't that's not to say that there aren't lots of room for improvement mm -hmm. but the fact that we're griping about some of the things that we're griping about is just testimony to how privileged we are absolutely yeah.
So, well, if you have any uh, things you'd like to close with and certainly tell people all the wonderful places they can find you. Yeah. yeah, sure. So I'm on all social media at Zuby Music. That is Z-U-B-Y Music. You can check out my podcast, Real Talk with Zuby, as well as my music on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, wherever you listen. Just search for, for my name, Zuby, Z-U-B-Y, and uh, you can get started there. Awesome. Thanks so much. And if you're, you're open to it, I'd love to do another, like a part two and talk about just your book. Cool. You're down for that. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.